Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our episode today called Sounds of Silence. We have a very special guest. His name is Andy, and he is the owner of Fult Milwaukee right here in obviously Milwaukee. So <laughs> you want to say hi, Andy? Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to talk with you guys and you know taste some wine and discuss floating. So yeah, Yay. I am really excited. I've done floating and I thought it was a very cool experience. And so you I know, have yet to try. So these questions that we'll be asking are for my benefit. And then and you our can, listeners. And you can ask questions based on someone who hasn't tried them. And then I'll exactly. make sure that you get in there afterwards so you can see how I did. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and crack open this wine. And Andy was so kind. He has the same wine with us. So we'll be able to taste together. But um, it is a screw top. So it's not a pop. Um, a little less, little less climactic than yeah, other. Yeah, it's it's bottles. not as like fun, you know. When you're not. But I think I think that's because this is a South African wine um, by in the Oak Valley region, which we had a few episodes ago. The Beneath the Clouds. So yes. we are revisiting that winemaker. We are. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and cheers. Cheers, Andy. Thank you for joining us. This is a uh, Pinot Noir from Oak Valley Wines, which we talked about in episode 101. Um, it's a 2018. It's about 13.5% ABV. I really like this because I feel like it's, at least from when we tried it before, it was light and you really got the notes of the earth. But interesting enough, this is a Pinot Noir that was planted in 2001 and 2008, and it's about 21 kilometers from the ocean. So it's kind of getting the vibes from the ocean there. And then the soil is actually gravelly with a structured clay layer. So you might taste some of that potentially. The, the motto that they say about this is that um, the only sound that breaks this eerie silence at altitude is the Pinot Noir that takes comfort in austerity. It thrives on hardship and it lives alone in the sounds of silence. That's pretty deep. That's yeah. pretty deep, right guys? Kind of like a float, like you're just, it's, if you turn everything off, it's quiet and all you have is like, I don't know, it's like things pop out of nowhere, like your breath, your heartbeat, your eyes blinking, your whatever. So like that's kind of, I guess, the sound of, of silence from that, from that perspective, but I don't know, that's cool. Yeah, it is, it is cool. And I appreciate the analogy because this is part of the reason we chose this wine for, the, for this episode for Float is because really that's, I feel like the experience that you get, but um, they do have a colder climate, which is good for Pinot Noir. And it's on the Southern slopes of the Elgin Valley mountains, which is where Oak Valley is. And we kind of talked about that last time. I'm kind of liking it. It's got like some cherry <laughs> Kind of liking it. Yeah, cherry and cranberry I'm getting, but. I mean, full disclosure, I had mentioned this. Um, I'm not like, I don't drink a ton of wine, so I don't have like a refined palate to like pull out things, but I do, I do like this. So, I mean. Oh, well, that's good. So. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a win right there. That, that is a win. I will um, drink <laughs> that is a win. There's, you know, I get a lot of fruit and there's a tiny bit of oak and I guess they do ferment the wine in cool temperatures in French oak barrels. So that's what gives it that tiny bit of oak. Taste a little bit of that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think this is pretty pleasant to, 
be talking about float and drinking along with you, Andy. I'm, I'm liking it. So I don't yeah. usually drink while I talk about float. So this is like, I am as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're starting a trend. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyways, we'll kind of get in to our topic here. Um, yes. So can you just tell us what floating is for our listeners who don't know what we're talking about? Sure. So there's so many ways I go with this, but just from a base level, um, we are set up sort of like a spa, but instead of coming back and getting like a massage or something like that, you go into a room and inside we have either a float pod or a float pool. And what it is, is a device, I guess I'll say, um, that has only about 10 inches of water in it. Um, but there's a thousand pounds or more of Epsom salt dissolved in it. And so that is wow. the water. It'll look just like regular water, but when you get in it, it's complete buoyancy. So when you lay back, you'll pop up to the top like a cork that wasn't in our wine bottle today. Nice. Um, look at you. I know for a guy who doesn't drink wine. <laughs> and then uh, you just can relax. You let every muscle relax. You can even fall asleep if you want and you'll still float effortlessly at the top. So there's no worry of drowning or falling under the water or anything like that. We keep the water skin temperature, so it's around 93, 94 degrees. That allows you to, after a few minutes, sort of not feel where the skin and water meets. And so it really does feel like you're weightless floating in space, um, especially if you turn the light and music off. Um, there's light and music to start, but if you turn everything off, you'll get complete darkness. Um, you won't see anything. You won't be able to tell if your eyes are open or closed. If the music's off, like I mentioned earlier, alluded to before, um, it's so quiet you will hear nothing but usually I hear my breath, uh, my heartbeat, and then sometimes I do hear my like eyelids when I blink, it's so quiet, which is kind of an interesting wow. wishing sound. And you just lay there. I mean, so it's, uh, you relax, you kind of, people do different things. Some people will just fall asleep. For me, it's just a way to kind of reset from the world. Uh, it's really good for like stress relief. It's really good for pain relief, mental focus, recovery. A lot of athletes use it for like, focus before games or to recover, you know, afterwards if they have like injuries. Um, uh, it's also very good for things like anxiety and symptoms of PTSD. So that's one area that we huh. had a lot of people come through. Um, we do like a, a November free veterans for float free month. And so oh, that's very wow. cool. Like hundreds of people that come through and float in November for free that have, uh, they don't necessarily all have PTSD, but kind of that area. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just kind of this unique, it's the most relaxing thing I've ever done in my life. Like I can't, it's hard to describe it to someone in words just because it's so different from anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, the feeling that you get from it, I, it's just hard to describe. Like to me, I guess it's probably, um, if someone's like a really frequent meditator and they're able to like get to that state where they're just completely gone, like and separated from the world, like it's, it's like that but combined with this like dark and weightlessness and not this distraction of anything around you. Um, and that, that count to counter that, that basically you need to like train and like work hard at meditation and build that up in order to get to that space as opposed to floating, which is almost everyone can experience the same thing without trying really hard. Yeah. So I call it sometimes like meditation for dummies or like, you know, <laughs> facilitated meditation just because I mean you're not necessarily it's not like you're going to get in there lay back and immediately get to that state it definitely takes some like you know especially the first time it takes a minute to sort of 
get the feel of this waitlist feeling and like sort of figure out what's comfortable for you just like logistically right like where do you put your arms how do you how do you relax do you want the light on or off the music on or off so there's a little bit of that and then it's like the mental game and so if you're someone who has experience with meditation it definitely helps because then you kind of know okay if i focus on my breath this is what usually gets me to sort of let the thoughts kind of flow away and and you know get me to that state um, but for a lot of people, it's, you know, we're not used to spending five minutes alone, let alone an hour, you know, alone in the dark with ourselves. And so it's a process sometimes to let yourself relax and let yourself give yourself permission to just kind of be um, and let go, which is how my first float ever was. I had never meditated before. It took me a minute or really several minutes to allow myself to be like, okay, I'm safe in here. There's nothing to worry about. I, it's okay to like let my thoughts come and go. And it wasn't until I just was like, you know, I'm doing this. I chose to come here and try this. I'm, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm just going to give in and let go. And then I just, in that first float, I just disappeared and was gone. And it wasn't until like a muscle twitched and it brought me back from wherever I was that I even knew I was gone. And then I'd never been so relaxed or at peace as I was after that float. Like I couldn't even move for a minute when it ended. Like I had to find my body again. And I was like a limp noodle, like showering off. And I just didn't want to even leave. I was, I just wanted to like sit in a puddle on the floor. Like, and I was like, what is this? What the heck is this? What is this feeling? Yeah. Um, how, so how long ago was your first float? Like, how did you even, why did you try it in the first place? Sort of random. I, I was on like the, the Kickstarter email list and this a random Kickstarter email came through one day and like the lead thing they were talking about was this company called Zen Float Tents. And I was like, what is this? And I, okay. I read about it and they were, it, they did a little description of what floating was. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to, I want to try that. And then what their product was is they were making sort of at home, like modular float tent thing that you could order bring it, it would be shipped to your house and you put it together and you could basically just like float in it at your house. Um, and so I just found a place that had floating and I went and I'm like, I'm just going to try this. And then it was like I said earlier, it took me a, a bit to get used to it and give in. But um, when I was done and I felt like that, I, I was like, okay, I need to look more into what this floating is. And that's yeah. my research led to all these therapeutic benefits. And I mean, float and it led to the fact that it actually was pretty popular like in the, well everything's relative and like kind of the early 80s late 70s early 80s and then it kind of fizzled out for a bit and then part of why it's back is joe rogan so he talks a lot about oh, it oh okay he said it's like the most important thing he's ever found for his mind and body and he like has one in his house and so, what yeah. he has one in his house yeah so he talks about floating like a decent amount on his podcast and so that kind of opened up a lot of people to it. And then you get a lot of MMA fighters that then were using it for the mental side as well. You have like a bunch of uh, professional sports teams that have added float tanks to their training facilities. So like the Packers have them, the Patriot, like the Cubs, like uh, the Brewers even had one, one of the players they traded for last year, put in his contract, you have to put a float tank in the, in for me if I'm coming. Wow. Like, so there's just a lot of, it's, so that has helped kind of spread it around. Then you have a lot of research being done now. So there's actually a, a float research clinic in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the head neuroscientist there, Dr. Justin Feinstein, is actually publishing, um, you know, like research, full research on what floating can do. They have fMRI machines there, so they're actually looking at where it affects the brain. Um, he's published two or three studies now. 
um, which are the first of their kind to come out about floating that were like, you know, the randomized trials. Um, and he actually got an NIH, NIH grant for a long-term five-year study, which is the first time that's ever happened with floating. Um, wow. And I actually am the first commercial float center that I know of to get approved for research. So I'm working with the Medical College of Wisconsin. And oh, nice. Yeah, their IRB approved research with uh, me at my float center, which is also the first time they've ever, I think, done research off-site. So that's really exciting. Um, it got, we were actually in the recruitment process when coronavirus hit. So it's oh. not old, of course, until everything kind of opens back up and then we'll be able to actually start the study, but everything's kind of been approved. So that's a, that's a study that's specifically looking at people with severe PTSD and, oh, uh, okay. I was going to ask what yeah. the requirements were. Yeah. So it's anyone who has uh, severe clinical PTSD and has never floated before. And then we're looking at three float, three 90 minute floats over three weeks, ideally. So they float once a week for three weeks and there'd be different questionnaires they would answer before and after. And then they would do, um, uh, we would test like blood pressure and skin conductance before and after each float kind of to get some body markers as well. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So between the research, between the professional sports teams, between, I think there was a, a thing in Oprah magazine, even a couple of years ago, there was just like a half page spread. So it's starting to get out there a little bit more now, um, outside of just the like niche people that knew about it. So, um, and just the float centers that have opened in the last five years, even too, like yeah. hundreds of them, about, like they're in every state, every city of any size, pretty much has a float center or it has one in process. They're all over the world. My ex-wife travels a lot for work and she had traveled in like, or she had floated in like um, Singapore and Shanghai and Madrid and they, you know, like UK, like they're all over, so. Wow, I didn't realize it was that popular and widespread. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people that still don't know about it. I mean, it, yeah. it, again, popularity is relative, like to where it was, it's much more popular, but there's still a lot of people that don't know about it. Um, so, you know, hopefully, and, and part of it too, is just the state of everything now. I mean, even before this last few months, like technology, right. You're just always connected all the time, phone chirps, Facebook emails, working all the time, working, you can do 24 seven pretty much. It's just harder and harder to like get away or even think about getting away or, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so people look for things like yoga you know, acupuncture, meditation, and floating like fits right into that. And, you know, in my opinion, it's like the extreme best of all that, just in the ease of it, you know, and like, yeah, go in there, lay down and, you know. Well, when else, when else are you actually able to shut off everything around you? I mean, even when I lay in bed, like I can hear the highway right. <laughs> outside, you know, it's like, there's always some noise. So it's never quite quiet enough or silent enough for me to just get away from everything or even so mattress, right like you feel the mattress yeah you really think about that until you're in a float tank and you literally have nothing around you and you're just suspended in this like fluid like I still remember I felt like muscles I didn't even know existed in my body relaxed for like the first time in my life you know or maybe since I was in the womb because god do I need that pressed against something you know or there's some gravities against you pushing on you or whatever so so th speaking of being in the womb isn't it just the <laughs> like i know weird weird <laughs> but isn't it isn't it the only time that you've been like weightless like that since you were in the womb like i mean really? yeah, 
that's it's very it brings up all kinds of like I mean you're in this fluid you know is that similar yeah and like you're in the dark you know you're it's quiet are you just the only thing you hear are these bodily sounds which is all you would have really heard other than maybe some muffled voices or whatever from when you're in the womb and yeah there's all kinds of parallels for sure like I had and when especially when you get someone who's pregnant floating right because now they have like baby in the womb while you're kind of in the womb and then you it's so meta right and then you like and then and you like feel the baby more while you're in there because it's quiet and like you know it's just yeah it's it's very interesting so like so you can float while pregnant then that is okay a lot of people that do that it's so good for i mean if you're having any pains while you're pregnant if you're just stressed out like there's so many things that can help with if you can't sleep very well like there's when you get to certain you know, far along in your pregnancy and you can't lay on certain parts of your, you can't lay on your back or whatever, different things like that. You can do that in a float tank because there's no pressure anywhere. So, I mean, yeah. this different sort of things you, lets you do things you couldn't otherwise do and it could help with things like pain and swelling or, you know, all kinds of different stuff. So, so speaking of just like, you know, sleeping, yeah. could you sleep in a float tank like overnight? Have people done that? Because your sessions are usually like what? Half hour, hour, 90 minutes, like? An hour is the shortest we do. And then we do okay. everything, anything really after that. The most standard ones we do are 60 or 90 minutes. Okay. Um, we do a, well, before this coronavirus all hit, we were doing overnight floats once a month. Wow. Um, at least they were available. We didn't always have them booked. Um, and then I have one guy who, so we, we also do a two and a half hour float once a month on like a Monday. Um, it's like a hundred dollars for two and a half hours, just kind of a deal. And so that we'd get that. I had one guy who came in and did, I think his first float maybe was a two and a half hour. And he's like, that wasn't enough. I need more. He came and did an overnight. He's like, that wasn't enough. He's like, I want to do a 24 hour float. So he booked a 24 hour float and then he called me the day before and he was like, oh, I'm so bummed. My family has this reunion that just got scheduled. I'm gonna have to cut it back to 19 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought you were gonna say canceled altogether. And I was like, what? He came in and just only, I'm doing air quotes for those listening. Yeah, only yeah. Did 19 hours, you know, in the float tank. So, I mean, yeah. Was that enough for him? Did that I, seem enough? He hasn't done more than that. So I think it was. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, is the short answer. <laughs> short answer: People can definitely sleep in there, um, even within that hour. Often people fall asleep. But yeah, overnight, I've done a couple over. I've done probably three overnight floats, although it's been a while. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I ever truly fall asleep when I've done it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just gets to kind of that. I don't know, like that in between place. Yeah. Where, yeah, like it's weird because sometimes within the same float for me part of the float I'll feel like is going super fast. And then all of a sudden I'll think I've been in there for like days and then it'll end and I'll be like, that was 10 minutes, you know, and it was yeah. just, it kind of messes with you and you never really <laughs> what you're going to get. Yeah. Bless Thank you. Um, you. Float, so, so let alone each different person, you know, it's yeah. interesting. You talk about falling asleep because I actually fell asleep in my, and I think I did 60 minutes. Okay. And I, I fell asleep and I remember feeling like, I can't believe I fell asleep in water. Yeah. Cause like your body, like usually like you won't allow yourself to do that. Right. Cause it's dangerous. But I was like, totally out, totally out. So you really did. You really were able to relax for that first float then. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, Everyone. I was out. Yeah. Sometimes it takes two or three and 
and what you're saying is so true, especially with like the head, right? So like yeah. subconsciously, your body does not want you to relax your head and neck when you're in water because, oh my gosh, it's going to go under. Yeah. And so that's often the hardest part for people. And that's why we have like this sort of halo thing we provide to people that you can put under your head that'll just help it float. And that's really, it's not because your head is not going to float without it. It's because psychologically, sometimes you need that to be able to fully let go and give yeah. into it. Or at least it happens faster that way than if you're going to just like work through it yourself with just letting your head hang. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's like that fight or flight, like survival. I'm not going to let my head go in the water, you know, even though the rest of you is floating and you logically think you're going to float. It's, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. So what about, I'm just thinking, because I, like, it's just the way you've been describing things, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I feel like it's like that movie Gravity. Do you remember when that came out? I do. I haven't seen it, but I, I haven't either. Yeah. But I remember everyone just said it was the weirdest, creepiest movie because there was no soundtrack. Like oh, it was just the voices and okay. they're cause they're out in space. Yeah. And so I never saw it either, but I keep, I keep thinking back to that as you're describing it. But I also remember seeing on modern family, they did a float tank episode. Did yep. and I'm I'm honestly I think it was Mitch who was claustrophobic. <laughs> like, what about people who are claustrophobic? Yeah, I mean that's that's probably the most common question I get, even more than like how do you clean the water? Oddly, um, <laughs> so uh, mo I would say this. So the, the we have two types, right? We have the pod, which is if you picture it, it's like a clamshell kind of. It opens up kind of like Pac-Man, and you get in and then you pull the lid down yourself. Okay. That, that's a domed lid. So even if you close it all the way, which you control completely, it's not like me mechanized or anything. Yeah. It doesn't lock. You won't get locked in. No, you can just get out or leave it cracked or whatever you want. But even if you do pull it closed, which most, most people do, you can sit up and put your arm all the way up before you touch it. Like there's a lot of space there. Oh, it's wow. Okay. Like that. Um, and what, what most people will do, and I think I've only had one person in the almost five years now we've been open and the thousands of floors that have come through that actually said they just couldn't even be in the in the flow pod because of that. Everyone else, you know, even if they were claustrophobic, they would usually say I left it open for like a few minutes. Then I kind of got used to it, got comfortable, realized, you know, everything was fine because that's such a psychological thing, right? You don't want that yeah. fear of being trapped. And then they'd pull it closed because they knew again, especially if you turn the light off, it feels like you're in the vastness of space. Like you can't even tell you're enclosed in anything at that point. And so it's like you completely lose all frame of reference of all that um for people that still are like a little unsure like we have two rooms that have open pools in them so those look kind of like shallow hot shallow round hot tubs almost i guess oh um, yeah so people could float in that and then there's no lid in there it's bigger it's round so you can kind of spread out a little more than the pods um so that's what sometimes people will do if they have any concerns but like i said most people are totally fine with the pod and you know I only know of one person that had an issue and her only issue was she left it open the whole she opened it all the way and then she got cold and so oh. she got because so, if you open it the air will then be when you close it the air and the water become the same temperature yeah air. so if you open it all the way it's just it's going to be colder like at the part of your body that's above the water so that makes sense and that's yeah. exactly I think what happened to me is I'm a little claustrophobic and I remember leaving it open and then feeling cold and I'm like, all right, I'm going to just start closing it. And then I was okay. And then I was warm. So it worked out <laughs> just like you said. I love how that just fit exactly with your experience. Yeah. So, 
legitimizes everything I just said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, he's talking about what I did. That's perfect. So, um, so speaking of, you did mention cleaning. So, like, yeah, how do you clean the water? And especially now, given you know everything that's going on. So, you know? we are an industry that is already all about cleanliness. So. Uh -huh standpoint of coronavirus hitting, we actually are probably in one of the better places of anyone else because our existing cleaning regimen, for example, especially for the water, like there's no difference. Like coronavirus is a super easily, easy to kill virus. The problem is it's super contagious, right? But it, it's really easy to kill it if you like properly do it. Like it does, you don't need to use crazy hospital grade cleaners and like right. 10 minutes, you know, like it's, if you have the right product, it can be a minute, it'll die, you know? So if you like, keep it wet. So the water is never an issue. The CDC even came out early on and said that if you have properly maintained hot tubs, pools, et cetera, the coronavirus can't survive. There's no issue. So that one's fine just with our existing protocol, which is um, we use hydrogen peroxide in the water and then it filters through ultraviolet light, three to four full site circles before or in between every floater. So that's how the water stays clean. And then the high salt content, of course, like already yeah. not yeah. much can survive just from that. Um, so the, the, our main procedures for coronavirus centered around things like hard surfaces, um, air quality, stuff like that, because um, that's the bigger issue uh, for coronavirus spreading. Um, and so what we did for that is we've, we've extended the time period between each float allow more air to like circle like for the air to circulate more and we've added some additional sort of sanitation cleaning procedures on things like all the doorknobs and the kind of everything that people is touching in between uh, we're requiring all our customers and employees to wear masks everywhere other than when they're in their own private float room um, and then you know we're doing like a temperature check when you arrive and we're, we're keeping the door locked and we're like letting people in one at a time as the room's ready when they call so we're like really limiting Already it's limited how many people come into float because we don't really do walk-ins. It's pretty much all appointment based. Um, and so that's kind of how we've adjusted um, to all that. And so, so far it's been going smoothly with, we just, we just reopened last week, kind of our phase one uh, just for members. So it's kind of like a easing back into things. Another couple of weeks, we'll probably add in kind of all prior customers and let anyone who's floated before come in on mm -hmm. uh, year. And then once we've sort of, get super comfortable with everything once we're busier then we'll open it to everyone and have the first timers come out and we have a lot of donated floats we need to give away too we did a we did a deal I saw we, that yeah so we did a deal while we were closed it was a buy one give one so we we discounted our floats extremely and then we said any anyone that was for every float purchased while we were closed we're going to donate one to someone in need with an emphasis on essential workers so we actually have just about 400 floats from that Oh, wow. Cool. We're going to wait to give them away until people can actually float because I feel like it's kind of mean to give them to them and then say, oh, you have to wait a month. <laughs> True. <laughs> wait a couple of weeks and then we're going to, we've asked for nominations. So anyone listening to this, like if you have nominations, let us know because we actually, I think we have about 150 to 200 nominations, but we have 400 floats to give away. So how do you submit a nomination? Um, so I'm Right now, I think it just went out to all our like emails at, to all our customers, and then we had some Facebook posts about it with like a, okay. a Google form where people can submit like name, email, check if they're an essential worker or not. You don't have to be an essential worker to to get it. It's you know, this is a hard time for a lot of people. Someone lost their job, 
or someone has their job, they're working from home, but their kids aren't at school. So they have their three kids running around while they're trying to work and they're stressed. Oh yeah. And the, the teaching, the home teaching. Oh yeah. At home, trying to homeschool. Like there's a lot of people that can use it. So um, we're just, I would love to have as many, I'd love to have all 400 of those given away as soon as we can. And then um, I think I'm going to just be, have this become a thing where throughout the year, we just keep this community bank where we keep having specials or I just throw some floats in there to give away as, as we go about, because that's really ultimately why open float was to help people. And I don't want anyone who could be helped significantly from a float, not to do it just because they can't financially afford to do it. Like it's too important what it can do. Um, so I'm always trying to do what I can to help. Um, I have some sliding scale sort of sliding fee scale floats that I do for people. I have some free, like I said, that the November sort of ones that we give away. And then now this sort of bank that I hope to continue to kind of keep going now going forward. So that's really commendable. I, I think that's incredible that you've gotten 400 donated. And I mean, a, I think that speaks to how many people love float MKE, right? Um, and also just the fact that, I mean, that really is incredible because you have an opportunity to, to introduce it or, and to bring it to the community, especially for those, like you said, who really, who really do need it. Um, and it, you know, need is, it can definitely vary from person to person, but you know, I think that's really awesome. So. Yeah, I'm so grateful for all the people that, that bought these floats and like every, every one of them, every float they bought was like doubling, you know, it's, it's helping someone. And it's just, it's great that so many people stepped up and did that. And not only to support us when we weren't getting any other revenue, but also to support the community like that, which is amazing. So. That's very, very cool. I, I really, I really like that. And, you know, I'm sure people listening appreciate that too, because, um, you know, especially healthcare workers. And like you said, the community in need, I think that's great. Um, I, so I have a very weird question. <laughs> Do it. Has, where does all that salt come from? Like, I seriously oh. was thinking about that. I'm like, I don't know how you get all this salt and like where you store it. Yeah. Cause like you see like those salt things like on the highway, you know, for like salting the roads. The big mounds, the mountains. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know where, cause your place is, um, you know, it's not that big and it's like, I don't feel like you're kind of in the city. So there's like, no, yeah, you know, thankfully we don't have to like <laughs> out the salt water every day or anything. Yeah. So one, no one, we'd have one floater a day if that, if we had to, but like, um, we'd have so much salt, it'd be impossible. Right. Um, yeah. So we had, we order it by the pallet. So a pallet is 48, 50 pound bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I tend to do is I, when we're getting to like once a year, we completely drain. So even though you don't technically have to, we just do once a year because it just feels like you should do it no more than once a year yeah. um, or no less frequently than once a year, I mean. Um, so we'll drain everything and then we'll deep clean all everything now that was under the, where the water was and then we'll refill it with new salt, new water and everything. And so we just did that actually because we were closed. We're like, well, we might as well just do it now, um, even though it was a little earlier than we would have done it. Um, and so what I did is I ordered two pallets of salt and there's actually a local place that delivers it. And so, um, they sent two pallets of salt. And so if you happen to come by float a couple of weeks ago in the morning, you would have seen two huge pallets full of salt bags sitting there. And, uh, 
So water evaporates right over time. And then as it evaporates, the salt content is higher. And then you have to add more water and then it goes down. And so like you're constantly kind of replenishing the water and adding salt to kind of get it to the right buoyancy for everyone. So you're kind of over the course of time, the water in the salt is kind of replenishing itself just naturally. Um, and so that's part of why, again, like, I guess that goes into the whole cleanliness too, right? As you're constantly doing that. And so we always have to have some salt on hand for that because you might have to put like 50 pounds of salt into each of them once a week to make sure yeah. that it's level. And so all that is stored at the end of the hall. We have like a, a storage room. So it's just piled up in there. So okay. I'm going to equate what you just described to the Solera system when you're making fortified wines. Okay. It's like the same thing. Like you have a big barrel filled and there's a little bit of evaporation and then you empty some of the, that what's in that barrel into another barrel. And then you drain what's on top and put it on top of it to replenish it. And so it's like, it's got old stuff in it, but it also has right. new stuff. Right. And so I'm going to equate that to some more wine stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. So many correlations. This is so great. many. Yeah. So for many. Sure. I loving, I'm loving that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I was just, I just, when I, when I was there, I was thinking to myself, like, man, that's a lot of salt. Yeah. It's not as so. insane as like the salt in the pile on the road or whatever, because yeah. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't need to have that much on hand all the time. So. Right. No, that totally makes sense. Um, okay. Here's my other weird question. Sure. So it's, and I already know the answer to this, but just so people who are listening, like, I, I don't think they know this, who, who haven't floated before, but are you naked? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we always recommend, yes, that you don't wear anything. Um, just because if you wear, like, a swimsuit, you're feeling that suit against you. And part of what you're doing in the float is trying to, like, just let go and not feel anything. Also, it's actually more sanitary not to wear a suit because suits carry stuff in them. Even if they've mm -hmm. been in the laundry machine or whatever, there's stuff that can stay in the material of the swimming suit. So that's what we recommend. Um, the room is very private. It has its own, you lock the door when you go in there. The shower is in the room with the pod. So you go in fully clothed and when you leave at the end, you're fully clothed um, and it's all locked in between. So very secure, very safe. Um, so yeah, people would get in, they would, you know, once we kind of answer any questions, shut the door, they lock it, they would disrobe, shower, get in, have their float, shower again, and then get dressed and then come out. So it's very, very easy and secure and safe. And so that's, that's what we recommend. I mean, of course, you always have the option if you're more comfortable to wear a suit, which some people do, but most people don't. I understand. I feel like that's <laughs> like when you get a massage too, or like a spray tan, you're like, you can wear as much as you're comfortable with or nothing at all. Like it's totally up to you. Right. Yeah. yeah so we give our recommendation as to why. And then, yeah, it's up to, we want people to be comfortable and feel the as relaxed as they can while they're here so yeah. yeah I also think that you know we talked about like the COVID stuff and I I think that like now especially you know going into like a, um, to get a massage or to get your nails done or whatever you, you have contact with people right so this seems like such a nice way to really just isolate yourself and still have a relaxing experience yeah that you otherwise you know, if you're really trying to be careful, like that's, right. I think that that's great. Cause obviously if you're getting a massage, someone's touching you and all that good stuff. So, okay. So you're in there, you're as naked as you want to be. Yep. <laughs> 
You've got your sound of silence, or you can elect to have music continue playing, you said. Mm -hmm. um, but let me ask you this. So I know that it's silent. I know that you can have little mood music if you want. Yeah. Do you wear earplugs? So we recommend that everyone wears earplugs and we provide these like silicone ones that are really easy to mold and just put them on the outside of your ear and they're waterproof. Okay. I personally do not wear earplugs. I don't like them. Um, I'm okay with the feel of the water in my ears. When I wear earplugs, I feel the, um, like the heartbeat sound is more of a louder thump. Yeah. Like that. And I don't like the feel of the earplugs. So I just don't wear them. Um, and if, and what I do and what I tell everyone to do if they don't wear earplugs is you just have to make sure you rinse your ears really well in the shower afterwards. Um, otherwise, some people will say that they feel like some crackling in their ears, like some salt afterwards. Oh. Again, shouldn't really cause damage, but it's annoying. I've had it happen before. And we actually provide swim eardrops too. So for afterwards and like the post float area. So like if you're someone who's prone to that, or if you want to be extra safe, you just drop a couple drops in your ear or at home. If you just use like white vinegar, like rubbing alcohol mix, that'll dissolve and dry it out. And it's super easy to, to clean, but we, we recommend people wear it just so they don't even have to deal with that. But if someone really doesn't like them, I mean, usually I'm fine just by rinsing my ears with the hot water for a few seconds in each side afterwards in the shower. And then I'm totally fine. I don't have any issues, but. Okay. So it's not to block a sound. It's more so to block the water from getting in. Okay. Nothing to do with the sound. No, the rooms, I put a lot into, it was quite an ordeal to have this place constructed. It's like a huge investment um, to get a float center up and running. Oh, I bet. Especially the way I wanted to do it. So you build basically a whole entire room inside of another room to like, and you have to have these air gaps in between the walls and these different materials to try and make it as soundproof as possible. Yeah. So the room itself is like very, very soundproof. So um, you don't need the earplugs to avoid the sound, especially then your ears are in the water, which is another barrier to sound. So mm -hmm. it's extremely, extremely rare that anyone will hear anything while they're floating um, at Float Milwaukee. So. You usually think of earplugs as something to help prevent yeah. sound, but you're using it for a different purpose here. Right. Yeah, it's really, it's really just a preference of, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of people with ear issues or just don't like the feel of water in their ears or just don't want to deal with, like, if there is potentially a little bit of that crackling or ear left or water left afterwards. And that's why yeah. I recommend them. Yeah. yeah. So is there anyone who shouldn't float? Like, is there anyone who this wouldn't be good for? So... Kind of our standard saying with this is, so if, you, if you have any kind of communicable disease, of course, just for extra safety. Um, if you just had like a tattoo done, we recommend not oh. doing it. Yeah, um, not only because any sort of cuts, like if you have an open wound, same thing. I mean, this is extreme salt water, so. That could you, be painful. Yeah, whenever you, when you get in the salt water, you will know immediately everywhere in your body where you might have a little nick or something. So maybe don't shave like the day. Yes. But we always recommend not shaving the day you're floating. Yep, just in case. Now, generally, normally when that happens, actually the second time I floated, um, I was on a business trip. And so I didn't, I wasn't intending to float, but I had like a few extra hours and I happened to randomly find a place in Pittsburgh. And I had shaved that morning and I didn't really think about it. And I got in the float tank and it was like a total like Macaulay Culkin home alone <laughs> thing. I was just like, ah! And then like, but then, you know, five, five, <laughs> Five, 10 minutes passed and it was fine. Like I got through it, but it definitely oh, is how the writers wrote that scene. Cause that's exactly how I felt like when I stepped, when I laid back into it. But yeah, we do recommend not doing that. Um, there's, there's 
whenever there's any medical condition involved, you know, we're not a medical facility. We always just tell people to check with their doctor just in case. Even pregnant women, we'd say, if you have any concerns, check with your doctor. It's all very, that's a very subjective thing for each person, like mm-hmm. facts and circumstances. There are some like diseases, illnesses out there where floating maybe doesn't make sense, like some lung disease type stuff where, you know, you don't want to be in a humid environment. You can't be in a humid environment. You're not supposed to, you know, but it's, I would say it's very rare. I can only think of a couple times in the five years we've been open where there was like something that prevented someone from floating. Um, You don't want to float drunk, you know, or under the influence of any drugs. So that's one. Um, Schizophrenia is one that we put in there not to float on. Um, It's interesting because there's some stuff out there where that's helped with that, but um, we just try and be extra careful with that. Um, Same with like epilepsy. If it's controlled, like on medicine, it's fine. But if it's not, then we don't want someone to potentially have a seizure while they're in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could, that would not be good right. for sure. Those are the main things I would say. Well, okay. so, um, so, so you mentioned the drug situation. Yeah. So you actually have like a really interesting FAQ about an altered status. Yeah. <laughs> the altered. Uh, can you, can you achieve? What people are looking for on drugs by going into a float tank? Yes, you can. Oh my God, the yes. I'm going to let you answer, but I'm going to tell, I'm going to explain what, how I felt. After. Can a situation where you like reiterate what I said again. This is perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure you can. I mean, I can't guarantee you're going to do that or when you're going to do it or who's going to do it or which float it's going to happen. But like I've had people that have come out of a float they need help getting to the chair. They need, they literally cannot drive. They need to sit there. I have a friend who came with her husband, but they drove separately from their separate works and met there and they floated and she was so out of it. Like, she's like, I can't drive home. Like she sat there for a half hour. They had to walk around the block a few times. Like <laughs> she felt like she was comfortable. Cause I mean, you're, there's so many things that release like things in your brain, like your muscles, like it can feel like you're totally high when you get out of there. I had one guy write in our, we have like journals you can write in afterwards. And I like to flip through them, of course. And one of them, the guy literally wrote, I've been on every drug and I've tripped acid. I've done shrooms. I've done everything and nothing compared to what I experienced just from this sober float. Like, wow. So you just never know what you're going to get, but it's definitely possible. Now go ahead, Sarah. So you literally just described my exact scenario. This is hilarious. Wait, but you because haven't done all of the drugs. The no, world. but I met my husband there and we had okay. just both come from work. So we drove separately. It's like the same thing. And then he was fine. And I was like, I think I'm high. Like I was totally like, I felt high. I was like, I don't know if I can drive home. Like I, I had like, he was like concerned. He's like, I'm going to follow you. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was exactly what you just said about that. I mean, no, I have not done every drug known to man, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I feel like this is definitely a healthy way to feel high. I mean, I, I totally, I don't know if it's something that like you get used to or well, time either. So just cause that happened that time doesn't mean your next float is going to happen too. Right. So that's in mind. So I don't know, but I think you definitely, if it happens over and over again, you do get, when I say used to it, just from the standpoint of, you know what to do kind of. So like my staff, there was a period there where when I was floating more consistently, if, and if I came out of a float, like 
they pretty much know I'm useless for at least like five minutes. Like I will just sit there like with my head back, just like, I can't, I couldn't stream together a response to any question. Yeah. You know, I just, just, I need to just sit here and <laughs> process or just like do nothing for a bit. And then even when I come back, I'm going to be slower for a little bit, you know, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to schedule anything immediately after a float. Like you want to be able to just take and stride whatever might happen. And other than maybe like going for a nice dinner or something, cause that's super fun to just like chill and talk about your float with whoever you went with and yeah, wine, you know, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's unique. It can definitely be a very unique. Well, either way, it's unique in some way, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, no, I I definitely felt like I need, you know, and the funny thing is, is we actually went and got pizza after, I remember this. We went and got pizza and like beer after, like that was, that was the post. Cause I'm like, there's literally nothing else I could do right now, (laughs) except like eat something delicious and like have it, I mean, I mean, I'm used, like you said, I I was like useless, but for more than five minutes, I was useless. yeah, at least five minutes. Did you notice any like increased enjoyment of the pizza or beer from like heightened taste buds or anything like your senses or anything like that? I mean, I remember it tasting delicious. So there is there is a possibility that it was much more delicious than it actually was. <laughs> because, I mean, it's pizza, right? Like, I mean, I mean yeah. that's fair. That's you generally can't screw up pizza, right? Uh, I feel like you can sometimes, but yes, you're right in the sense that like most of the time pizza is very enjoyable. Right. So like, I don't know, but I, I do, we devoured it. I do remember that. Like, again, it felt like I was like, hi, I like had the the float munchies. Some Fritos and you'd have been golden. Yeah. Float munchies. The float munchies. Yep. I love it. You should have a vending machine in there that says float yeah. munchies. We really should. That'd be great. Yeah. Or just Make a-, a few extra bucks. <laughs> okay. Or send them down to Purple Door, right? Oh, yeah. There's or a lot bowls. Of- yeah, there's a lot of people that will float, get some bowls, and then get a, some ice cream right after. Or Just indulge- like go down the block, yeah. Indulgence is right around the corner, too, so you can get your chocolate fix. Oh. Or your chocolate and they sell. Yes, I was just going to say they do the alcohol and chocolate pairings down there. I've done a whiskey pairing with chocolate there. That was really good. You guys have a definitely have a nice little like area going on there for like the perfect experience. Thank you. Um, So, okay. I think Jamie was getting to this, but your FAQ was cracking me up, man. The The proton human. Wait, what was it? Is this like altered state? And yeah. your answer is yes, except that you're not submerged in water. You don't eat ritualistic mushrooms and only a small percentage of floaters turn into proto-human monkeys. Right. And if you do, if you do turn into a proto-human monkey, you'll be offered a full refund, a sincere apology, and a complimentary float Milwaukee t-shirt size XXL only. Of course, because XXL is all that's going to fit you in that state. So. <laughs> So that's, that's one of the questions we'll get from like the people that have been around for a while, right? Is Altered States came out in like, I think 1980. Okay. And so that was, that movie was centered around a float tank. So like they were doing research. Is that right? Yeah, so the, the, the doctor, the psychologist or whatever was, would get into a float tank and like he would, he would sort of like experiment with what would happen. And that's what happened is he like, 
somehow super evolved or like regressed and turned into this like Cro Magnon man. And he was out there like, I got, I think there was a scene where he was like all hairy and like eating a dog or something. Oh my God. Maybe it was a wolf. I don't know. There was something crazy. It was just, it's a really weird movie. But there were people like when we opened that came like, oh man, altered states. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's not exactly like that. But yeah, you have the idea of what what was going on. It's like, you know, Right, right after Float Tanks were starting to be commercial, commercialized, and like okay. late, that's when that movie came out. So, which I meant to say something back when you mentioned Modern Family. There's like more and more instances of it. That's another way you know it's kind of becoming a little bit more popular as it's more in pop culture. So, like there was actually a Simpsons episode a while ago where they were in Float. Oh, Tanks. really? It was like oh. one and Lisa and the other like in the same room and like. like somehow in their float state, they like, they went into each other's brain and could hear each other's thoughts. And it ended up being this very sweet moment of where like Homer really was trying to, to understand Lisa, but he couldn't because she was so smart. I don't know. I just remember being like a very touching thing and then like modern family. And then someone just said that there's like a dynasty remake on Netflix or something. Oh, really? Stop it. My parents used to watch that like nonstop. I just saw a post that there was like an episode of that where they went into a float tank and you know just there's kind of more and more sort of things like that cropping up so sort of do a goop episode on it I feel like that would fit in perfectly so goop labs have you guys seen those I have not seen them no heard of them yeah they're they're interesting they're a little they're out there but I'm up for that type of stuff so That's oh my so gosh. Awesome. Well, I love that you put it on your website. I thought that was hilarious. It made me laugh. Made I mean, me like, smile. Fun and laid back. And you know, floating is a it's a unique thing, but it's it's just like a cool, it's just a cool, fun thing too, you know. Like there it's it, it has a therapeutic side, but it has the sort of like experiential fun side and just being able to let go and relax and kind of you really do feel like one with humanity when you do a float. At least I do. Like, it's like, it, it really helps me to understand, to kind of center myself in a way. And just, especially with everything going on now and just be like, you know, we're all, we're all like connected in some way. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just very unique to me to experience that. And, you know, it can be, it can be emotional. Like I've had people come out and they're like in tears and they're like, can I just have a hug? You know, and like, be like one time it was like a, a very emotional, like processing of like a breakup, you know, like, it, you know, sometimes it's like a, a grieving thing. Like it's just, it's just, you never know like what, how it can help or what it can do um, for people, which is part of what I love about it is there's so many different ways it can help and so many different experiences people have. And, you know, when people say, what's my float going to be like, it's like, I can't tell you, man, like I can tell you, you'll be weightless. I can tell you, you're probably going to feel really good physically afterwards if you're able to relax. But as far as everything else, like that's just so unique to the person and even the same person, each float can be different. So it's just hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's so many factors that are like kind of rolling up into it that it, like you said, every experience is different and maybe it's the same 60 minutes that you sign up for, but every time, you know, it's based upon what did you do today? What has been going on with your life? Yeah, and sometimes that it'll feel like 10 minutes and sometimes it'll feel like two hours. You just, yeah. it just depends on so many things. Yeah, so I have not, you know this, I have not tried this yet. And just hearing all about it, I mean, I had a massage earlier this week. I have trouble sleeping. I have 
major stress going on. So this is sounding extremely appealing to me. Uh, okay. I will definitely have to try it and come visit you and maybe work my way down the block. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I know Purple Door is open right now. I don't know Ooh. if Bowls isn't yet. Indulgence, I don't know. But if nothing else, you get ice cream and that you cannot go wrong with that. I mean, it's like 90 degrees today. Like, no, you can't go wrong with that. No, not at all. Definitely not. It's like the perfect time too. Yeah. So I have found this quite enjoyable. I have found just learning more about floating. So I have to ask, are you at the one and done location or do you plan on opening other locations? So when I first opened, which was about five years ago, my thought was I would open more, kind of see how the demand was, whatever. But what happened ended up happening is a, like a few other places opened pretty soon after I did. And so okay. I was like, I think I felt like it was a little ahead of itself, especially with, like you said, a lot of people still have never heard of this. Now this coronavirus thing, I think is like, I know one place has already said they're going to close and that's happening all over, like with so many different businesses, of course. Right. So I, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out of all this. Um, I wouldn't rule it out that I would maybe potentially open another one sometime, but I would say it's too hard to know now. I actually am permanently closing the Bulls location I opened in the Mequon Public Market. Um, oh. that's going away. So I definitely, I need to focus right now, at least on float and then bowls in Milwaukee and, and seeing what we can do with those. And then, but I'm open to down the road, potentially having another one. I've, I've met with, I've had other people ask about opening float somewhere else. And I've met with people in some of the suburbs and talked about it. Um, but I haven't been at the right place time-wise, um, or financially, honestly, to really go down that path significantly yet so well i will i will put in a plug for tosa if you ever do get into that i have if you, about tosa yeah if you if you ever do go down that route you know i'll put a plug in for tosa it would be on the list i mean it would be a good spot for it so yeah um but yeah this has been this has been so fun um i now i'm like itching to get back there and do this EVP again date yeah, DVP day and see if, you know, I feel high again or not or, you know, what the deal's going to be. I want to see you come out of it and see if you're high because that'll be fun to, for me to see. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure it'll just be entertaining in all aspects. <laughs> or your entertainment. Actually, we could actually do a DVP like video thing alive, yeah, you know, on Insta. And oh, we'll see what we look like when we come out. We'll before after video like that yeah, yeah. I'm for that for sure yeah so you know I'll give you I'll give you the phone so that you are in full control and you can't <laughs> in case our limbs don't function yeah or in case I'm like I'm not recording this <laughs> yeah I mean you can do the before but yeah <laughs> yeah and Jamie will get to try it for the first time yeah no we'll definitely have to set that up you want to return to the wine should we revisit this wine oh yeah I'm almost done my glass, not the bottle. I mean, oh. we are not against pouring extra for we that are, last tasting. I was going to say, we are notorious for finishing a bottle that we like. So that's for Andy. Yeah. It'd be wrong not to, really. Exactly. It's a waste. That's how I see it. I mean, I don't want to waste wine. That's just. Absolutely, Absolutely not. That's just not good for the environment. Mm -hmm. it's, it's getting better as I drink it. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that can mean a whole host of different things. <laughs> it certainly could. Right, right. 
Um, yeah, no, I think that I, I think it's a very enjoyable Pinot. It's kind of just like, you kind of got the, the cherry, like the fruitiness, but it's light and there's still a little bit of earthiness there. So I don't know for me, especially in the summer when sometimes mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe you're not in the mood for a white wine, but it's hot out. So you want something a little lighter. Like this to me is perfect. Cause I actually, mine's a little bit chilled and you know, it's better actually too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's great. Um, so I like I, that. And, is it the tannins that if they're high, it makes it kind of more the like stronger taste or whatever. And so I feel like this isn't as strong as some other wines from that standpoint, which I think is the same thing you're saying where like it's tastes lighter and kind of fresher than some red wines do. Yeah. Yeah. Tannins can actually like really build help contribute to the body or the weight that it feels in your mouth. So, and Pinot is generally pretty light on tannins. So that one is, it's, it's just a lighter bodied wine in general. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right there. And so I gather that there's not, there's not a ton of tannin that you're picking up. All right. So good, good on you. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing though. Here's a tip. My listeners who have heard me say this are going to know what I'm going to say about Pinot, but it's not all, but California Pinot, they don't always do it right because it is heavier than you want it to be. Kind of what you're saying, like you get more of like the heavier body. And so that's why a Pinot to me should be lighter. Okay. And it, it should be more like Oregon has lighter Pinot, like Burgundy. And so this, I feel like is kind of more that style. So yeah. I think that that's kind of what you're. It kind of has like a lighter red color to it. I feel like too, I'm assuming goes along with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, you said you're not a wine person. You're fitting right in. I don't know. I mean, thank you for that. <laughs> you made it sound like you know nothing about it, and yet you've been able to pick up on very significant things and characteristics. Low expectations so that I can, you know, just inch above them. That's kind mm. of... That's Smart. the plan. Smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Andy, we have loved having you on here, and um, we hope, you know... Maybe we'll have another repeat episode at some point. That'd be awesome. This um, is fun. Thank you so much for reaching out. I've had a blast. Oh and I think gosh, Sounds of so Silence excited. is like perfect for exactly what we just talked about. There could not be a more perfect named wine. It's absolutely. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank yeah, you. no, no problem. And I urge, um, you know, everyone in Milwaukee or, you know, if you're in other states that have a float area, you know, try and check out your local float place or you know, go visit Andy at Full Milwaukee and, and see if you can experience these sounds of silence. For sure. Yeah, it is a cool experience. So, awesome. <laughs> all right. With that, I will cheers you. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers, cheers from, from the, the girls, girls of DBP. DBP.